If you had to have sex with the cartoon character, who would it be? Like, I'm forced to have sex with a cartoon character? But, okay, let's say you magically find yourself living in a cartoon, and the only way that you could get out is by boating some sort of cartoon character in that cartoon dimension. Okay, so I'm a cartoon character, too. Yeah. Ugh. Is this one of those weird Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> no. It doesn't have to be. Okay. Any cartoon. Any cartoon. Any cartoon. Any cartoon. Okay. I'm trying to like go through my file, my mental file of all of the anime I've watched. Because <laughs> that's probably going to be my best bet. So any cartoon. So not Boomhauer or Cyril Figgis. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Ugh, no, absolutely not. Literally zero characters from King of the Hill. Uh, except maybe Luann. Um, uh, definitely not anyone from Archer, except maybe Pam. I was about to say, uh, I, that, that'd be my Pam movie. No question. Um, what are some... I don't know why I've completely drawn a blank on every animated series I've ever watched. Oh, I guess movies count too, huh? Yeah. Like, I could totally fuck Mufasa or whatever. <laughs> if that's how you get down. Yeah. I always figured you more of a scar kind of lady, but... Well, <laughs> speaking of getting down, you know, Scar did help Mufasa get down from that cliff, which was... <laughs> God damn. Uh, kind of a G move, so maybe I should go with him. <laughs> I don't know though. If okay, so if I were uh, an animated character in The Lion King, would I also be a lion? That's like a little close to fursona, but you know. Uh, yeah. Okay, we're getting away from Lion King. We're not. Gonna <laughs> we're not going to go with that. Okay. What else do we got? Why am I thinking of Pokemon? We're not going with that either. There's like Kakashi from Naruto. Naruto. Okay, there we go. There's one that I actually don't know the names of most of the characters. Fuck. Okay. No, we're not going to go with Naruto. Um, Inuyasha? Maybe? Okay, so you would be no, Inuyasha. <laughs> Inuyasha's too whiny. Fuck. He's got red rocket, too. Ugh. <laughs> okay. You don't know that for sure. <laughs> what about I can't remember any of the anime I've ever watched <laughs> oh my god I'm All just right. remembering stupid like little kids cartoons and yeah shit. but still what about like Frieza Ew. <laughs> not Frieza oh Vegeta maybe Vegeta Vegeta no right. oh what about uh, what was Android 17 sure I mean, <laughs> Vegeta and on. Android 17 are on the same level for me. <sighs> are you leaning more towards like Whis? I don't think <laughs> I don't think Whis would be into it. Honestly, I think he's uh, got different proclivities. <laughs> oh, there's all those dudes from Baki too. Oh yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> all those Pickles. Dudes. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm choosing. I'm pickle. going pickles. Pickle for it's just singular pickle. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't pay attention to it. I just I like the artwork. And you know he's like a a big caveman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. my point. So you got pickle from Baki. No, I don't. I still don't think I would. Do I have to choose just one? No. Okay. Then I choose the vacuum cleaner from Brave Little Toaster. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> God, there's just so many choices. There was that Robin Hood animated movie that birthed the whole furry nation. Oh, God. <laughs> um, what else do we got? Oh, you remember that old Gargoyles cartoon? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Goliath. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one I'm going with. Either that or the devil from Fantasia. All right, I'll okay. allow it. <laughs> okay. No, I, I'm steadfast in mine. Pam Poovy. Okay. 100%. Okay, well, we can double team Pam Poovy. They're going to have to draw a strap on for me. <laughs>
This is Matt, and my drag name is Sia Sucker. <laughs> nice. This is Sabrina, and my drag name is Anita Spankin. You're nasty. Whatever. Nasty. Whatever. You know it's better than the other one I was going to pick. Oh my god, I, sh- I shudder to think. Nina. Nina? 9-11. God damn it. <laughs> Come on, you've heard that one before. I... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is Sumo Punks. And we're going to be talking about week two of the Basho. If you hear some uh, some liquid lapping sounds in the background, that's the fucking thirsty ass dog ruining my take. <laughs> I'm just leaving this in. Okay. I'm leaving it in. Yes. It doesn't matter. Thanks, Furiosa. Oh, welcome. <laughs> It's like really bad macaroni noises. Even worse than the ones that I naturally produce. <laughs> Just stirring macaroni. We don't have any guests with us this time, but you know what? We're good enough on our own. So we just kind of went off and then just, how long, what did we do? Didn't we just like binge like 18 hours full of like fucking sumo and just. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> In like one day. It was glorious. We didn't sleep. We didn't eat. We just consumed sumo. Consumo. Consumo. <laughs> and before we start getting all nostalgic about Nagoya, let's go over some upcoming events. All right. July 28th through 30th, the Raijin Sumo Club's North Carolina Sumo Camp. Woo! Come train with Team USA as they train for the Sumo World Championships and the World Combat Games. Yeah. So, uh, Raijin Sumo is located in Raleigh, North Carolina. They're going to be in Pullen Park, and you could get in touch with them on Instagram at NC Sumo, and they will give you the hookup. Some of my favorite guys out there in North the, Carolina. The sexiest sumo club in North America. <laughs> the most fucking porn stash havinist ass <laughs> sumo club in North America. <laughs> I love those guys. Also, right. Eric totally looks like Kiribayama. He does. <laughs> it's it's so much, in fact, that Justin Kizzer just refers to Kiriba, or to Karishima as Eric. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> like on Breakfast in Abasho. Breakfast in Abasho was like, oh, and then we have Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Karishima, Karishima. I got to Krispy Kreme. I mean, a- <laughs> <laughs> that just makes me hungry. I know. In two sorts of ways. <laughs> Yeah. Then on August 5th is the Midvale Harvest Day Sumo Open. It kind of looks like there isn't going to be a women's division, nor any of the regulation divisions. So this is apparently just men's open weight, kind of like Ozumo. Yeah. I mean, you know how I, I, I wish that there could be a women's division. That would have been, you know. Are there just not enough women in, where is this, Utah? Utah. Yeah. What, I'm There's thinking, gotta be female sumo wrestlers in Utah. They're, I, they're, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure if there are. Or is it, did they specifically make it like I, I think, exclusive to men? I think the way it, it could have been a lack of uh, women entrants. And then, oh, true. And then it also could have been that maybe they were pressed for time because it's like the Harvest Days is like this whole festival. Ah. So there's like a fun run and uh, a whole bunch of other events, you know, kids getting their faces painted and probably, you know, it's a harvest fest. It's probably like tractor pulls and shit. You you can get your face painted and then fun run to the dojo to uh, take part Yeah, you could take a fun run into like, you know, the dude in front of you. So (laughs) Every sumo match is a fun run. (laughs) Up until you get beat. (laughs) Then on... 
Oh, August 5th again is the Powell Street Tournament in Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, if you know anything about this one, let us know. If you know the club putting this on, then throw them in our direction. Give yeah. them our contact deets. We'd love to know more about them. You know, the first amateur sumo wrestler that was ever on my radar was actually from Canada. Yeah. You remember Brody? Brody. Yeah, Brody, Brody Henderson. Yeah. Yeah, he actually went pro for a little while, but I guess he decided it wasn't for him. Yeah. He decided to come back and start doing other stuff. I mean, you know, living in the ascetic, monk-like lifestyle of Ozumo isn't it's for hard. everybody. <laughs> and then again, on August 5th. That so is So much going on on August 5th. I know, it's like a fucking cosmic sumo day. Remember, remember, the 5th of August. August. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Scottish Sumo Open. Woo! It's going to be somewhere around Glasgow at yeah. the edge of the desert yeah. when the drugs began to take hold. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so this is hosted by Clan Sumo and the illustrious Scott Finley. Yeah. Hopefully you got your passports, you got your plane tickets, and you're going to be getting your ass to the land of kilts and haggis so you could go <laughs> fucking throw some folks around and we look forward to watching you on TV and screaming. I want to see Hayden throw some people around. I'm really excited to see Hayden throw people around and I'm really stoked to see Caitlyn Jones go fucking hakuho elbow some people in the face. Like, yeah, man, I really wish we could have gone to that I one, know. but we just had too much going on, so... We still have too much going on. Oh my Jesus. god, I know, right? Broken van, right whenever rent's coming up, and then our crazy electric bill that's due around the exact same time as everything else. You know, we do have a Ko-Fi coffee. Ko-Fi Co coffee. Yeah, we have a donation page that you can donate yeah, to. Yeah, you should Just donate saying. to us because we are broke. <laughs> we're cool and we're broke. Yeah. Give us your money. All right. September 2nd. This is Let's Cup a Dream. Land in Dripping Springs, Texas, near Austin. All right, so yes, September the 2nd, that is Labor Day weekend. That's Saturday, the third annual Consulates Cup at Dreamland. So Dripping Springs is about 35, 45 minutes west of Austin. And it's gorgeous out there. Oh, my God. There's so much. Fuck, if, it's if so booze, beautiful. If booze is your thing, there's breweries and wineries and all of that sort of thing out there. And dogs. So Lots many of dogs. dogs. So many freaking dogs. You know what I found out recently? Mm. Fossils. Oh, there's, there's so lots many of places fossils. out there to dig fossils. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It's something hey, I got into recently, but You know what what's going on that Sunday after the Consulates Cup, right? What's that? Nothing, because we don't have to go to work the next day. Fuck yeah! Let's go dig up some ammonites. Yeah. Anyway, that's not a sumo-related thing, but I'm that's still a, excited about it. Yeah, we're, we're so stoked about that. <laughs> no, the Consulates Cup is, like, seriously a, a big deal. If you can make it out, please do. We'd love to see you. We'd love to see you having a good time. And uh, the after parties tend to be oh. pretty fucking great, too. <laughs> so November 3rd and 4th is Sumo Dan's Olympia Sumo Championship. Yeah. Happening at the Mr. Olympia Fitness Expo in Orlando, Florida. So uh, I think Sumo Dan is doing like regulation where you can wear your compression shorts. But nice. I think the open weight is tradish. Ah. Well, okay. the men's open weight's going to be tradish. So, so it's traditional mawashi with nothing underneath. For open weight. Gotcha. Unless it's the women's division. And I'm sure the women can wear their singlets, you know. Fuck that. I'm going in nothing but a mawashi. <laughs> Are you going to do like a sumo do, sumo don't, the movie style and wear the chest binder? No, I'm just going to let them hang out. Uh, if okay. Aoyama can do it, so can I. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to be part of the cool kids like we are, <laughs> you can go to sumo411.com which is curated by Kellyanne Ball, who is the social media guru of the United States Sumo Federation. <laughs> so if you want to keep up with all of these amateur events within the U.S., go to that website, put and some shit in your Google Calendar. Yeah, or... Yeah, internationally too. Yeah. Oh, there's all kinds of European tournaments on there. Aren't there, isn't there like some sort of a European seniors tournament? 
Yeah, we mentioned that in our last yeah. episode. I don't think we got any more details on it uh, for this one, but it's happening in Poland on a beach, apparently. You know, uh, go to Sumo Four One One to find out more. See, Brandon McLeod was talking about uh, having like a seniors division at one of the tournaments, you know, in the future, where it's like a forty and over. Division. I think that's a great idea. Except I, know, I would right? do it. 50 and over because but, I don't consider 40 to be senior. In sumo years it is. It's, well... Because look at that, like, most of the Makauchi guys retire in their 30s. Well, we can debate that later. <laughs> debate right debate now, my seniority. <laughs> for right now, we need to get into a little bit of sumo news. We're sad to report that Chiyo no Kuni is officially retiring. Yeah. He had dropped all the way down to Makushida. His highest rank had actually been Maigashira 1. But uh, I guess after recent events, he decided to just call it quits. I'm not even really sure why he decided this was the time for him to retire, other than not getting the paycheck anymore. Honestly, that's as good of a reason as any. Yeah. Remember how his shoulder was constantly taped up whenever he was in Jurio? Yeah. He was always looking like he was in pain, and he just didn't quite have the the spirit and the fire that he did whenever it's, he was younger. Honestly, it probably was that. He was just too beat up. I mean, he had been in sumo for how long? 17 years. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. That's a long time to be crashing into other dudes. I know. Especially ones that are bigger than you, because he wasn't a very big guy himself. Yeah, he wasn't like the most ginormousest of Rikishi. I think he <laughs> might have been about six foot and uh, yeah. probably pff, maybe a little over 300 yeah. He wasn't like Kunishki or anything like a fucking <laughs> giant marauding kaiju. He was just a very well-rounded, balanced rikishi. Yeah. So his career was 17 years and he participated in 102 bashos. That's crazy. That is a lot of damn bashos. <laughs> and uh, his brother is, he. what was his name? Inya from Inya. Sanctuary. Yeah. And so... His brother's a sumo actor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But honestly, I would have retired if I was still in Jurio instead of retiring in Makushta. Yeah. Because when you retire when you're a Sekitori, then it's a huge hairy deal at the Koku Geek Con. You can invite all your friends. And then, you know, I'm really curious to see what his hair is going to look like whenever the uh, Chanmage is gone. Mm, I bet he's going to look pretty suave. Yeah. He's but, got the head for it. But he's not going to beat Shohozan's hair. Oh, yeah. Seriously. Shohozan <laughs> had the best post-Donpatsuki haircut ever. And then he decided to just shave it all off. But whatever. Eh. He can do what he wants now. It's it's his head. <laughs> yeah, if he wants to, you know, be skinhead show hose on, that's his deal. <laughs> but Chiyo no Kuni, I'm really curious to see what he's going to do after sumo. Uh, is he going to be an Oyakata? Is he going to go off and, you know, cause some ruckus? Who knows? Open a restaurant, make some chonko. That yeah. seems to be a popular option. But speaking of people who are leaving sumo, we have another guy who's, well, I guess he's not leaving sumo, but he's going on a little bit of a different career path than we originally thought he was. Hidetora Hanada will be joining the Colorado State Rams to play defensive line yeah. in American football. And you heard right, Colorado. That is Fort Collins, Colorado. That's where they have Cam the Ram at Colorado State University. And my friend Sticky Mickey actually <laughs> lives up there. And they called her Sticky Mickey because whenever she was a little, little kid, her dad couldn't get her to bathe and she was always sticky. Okay. So she's Sticky Mickey. <laughs> anyway, so... And for those who are unfamiliar with Hanada, he's actually an amateur Yokozuna. He won gold in the men's heavyweight at the World Games last year. And he just kind of seems like an all-around badass. He's only 19, and he's already got, like... All of these accolades and just doing fantastically. Yeah, and now he's in America doing American football. And so let me back up a second. People that were watching the tryouts were amazed at his flexibility. Mm -hmm. And they were a little taken aback by his size, but he's... He was a fucking college Yokozuna. Of course, he's a fucking badass, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think they might have been concerned that some of these big old corn-fed boys might trample him. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You nah. should see. He took 
gold and heavyweight. You should see those giant Polish dudes. Those oh, yeah. fucking, like, even his teammate, fucking uh, Ono Sato, you know, Daiki Nakamura, he's a fucking huge dude. My, my point is, is that size matters not. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm really excited to see what, what he's going to do. I don't know, man. You know, I don't even follow football, but I might have to check in on it every once in a while. So far, I have two questions for Hiratora Hanada. First, how do you like burritos? Because you're in Colorado and there's burritos there. So, dude, get yourself a burrito. I was kind of thinking that myself because I don't even think he speaks a lot of English right now. So he's got that language barrier. He's going to have to try to learn how to speak better English, but also get used to the culture. And the food. Which is very different. And the food. Yes. Uh, I just I just want to make him barbecue. And- I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, and that was the other thing is like, have you ever tried fry bread? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I'm super excited to start talking about the second week of the Nagoya Basho. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what happened in Jurio? On the streets of Nagoya, it was hot, it was humid, and it was funky. <laughs> there was a very eventful first week of the Nagoya Basho. And so the second week was certainly no disappointment. First, there is an elephant in the room I would like to address, and that is Aqua. <laughs> who decided to let Aqua be Salt Bay now? You know, who did, did Teretsuyoshi personally hand that mantle over to him, or did he steal it? I love Aqua. I don't care what <laughs> anyone says. No, it's, it's just funny, because I was, you know... I think it was a meme that somebody made. It was really dumb. But remember the, you know, the guy pointing at his two eyes. He's like, look at me. I'm the captain I'm now. the captain. Yes. Yeah. Someone made one of Aqua be like, look at me. I'm the salt man now. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's been working out for him. Yeah. So speaking of Aqua, uh, I would like to uh, mention that I did love seeing that he finally landed the Kakanage he likes to spam whenever he was uh, going against Yuma on day nine. And he finally managed to pull it off. And you could kind of tell everyone in uh, the Dolphins arena was kind of like, yeah, finally. Yeah, he's been spamming it for the last several Basho. <laughs> So before I get started on the uh, meat of the Jurio division for the second week of the Nagoya Basho. The meat. The meat. I'm jumping to day 14 to address something that I found very interesting. <laughs> and that was Ono Sato versus Hidena Umi. Ono Sato, who was uh, previously known as Daiki Nakamura at the 2022 World Games... He won gold in the open weight category. So this man, this very large man, <laughs> has been inducted into Nishonoseki Beya and is training with the former Yokozuna Kise no Sato, or Nishonoseki Oikata. <laughs> so um, as a Makushita Rikishi, he's been muscling his way up the Banzuki. He's been tearing down foe after foe after foe that has dared cross his path. <laughs> this pit him against Hidena Umi, who is the brother of Makuuchi Rikishi, Tobizaru. And his ass was just railroaded across the dohyo by the young Onosato, earning his Kachikoshi on day 14. I thought that was fucking gorgeous. I am so glad he got to get that little, that little taste, <laughs> that morsel of Sekitori, and then kicked Hidena Umi's ass. I love seeing the new kids doing so well. I know! So soon after joining Pro Sumo. I think that's one of the reasons why this Nagoya was just so just out there, just so spectacular. It was wild. It was pretty wild. I mean, we saw, you know, 2021 Nagoya, that's whenever we saw Hakuho, you know, his last tournament. And it just seems like the hot weather, the humidity, and just oh, yeah. all of that makes Nagoya a total wild card It's tournament. kind of like wasps, you know? <laughs> you ever hear that thing about wasps where they're more likely to attack you if it's hot outside yeah. because the heat just makes them angry? I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> I get like that myself sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so for my Jurio coverage, I am going to focus on a couple of Rikishi 
I'm, you know, building a narrative here. I've, you know, just trying something new. Yeah, let's hear your story. All right. So I want to start off my tale with Kiho. Kiho, who was the former Kawazoi. Whenever he got up to Sekitori status, you know, changed his name. His um, Oyakata, who is Hakuho, decided he needed a name with a little bit more panache, with some pizzazz. Yes. Yeah. But if you noticed, uh, all of the uh, Miyagano boys all have like that ho at the end of their name. So Hakuho, and then there's Enho, and then there's Hokuseho, and you know, <laughs> all of these guys. I know what you were thinking. You were going to say all these That's hoes. a bunch of hoes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to start with my boy, Kiho. So on day nine versus Dayamami, Kiho is a small rikishi, but that does not mean he lacks strength or skill. Although he's only five foot six and 245 pounds, he fucking picked up Dayamami. Oh, yeah. By the leg, picked him up. I mean... He didn't make it look effortless or anything like that, but still, he picked up Dayamami, who was six foot one and four hundred and twelve pounds. He dropped him near the Tawara and then fucking finished him, never letting up from his forward momentum. A truly spectacular finish by Kiho. I know this is bad, but for some reason, I cannot hear the name Kiho and not think of the word keyhole you, and that can have so many different implications you just like <laughs> the the thought of you know something. we don't have to put words to it <laughs> we don't have to we can just go on to the next bout because we all know how sabrina is yeah we oh, all we know. know we all know all right day 11 unfortunately we weren't able to see much more of kiho sumo as he was injured in his bout with aqua oh. Aqua tried to help him up, but it looked like the pain was a bit much for him. Either that or he was like, oh, fuck off, dude. You hurt me. (laughs) um, He was led away in a wheelchair as he exited the dojo and limped to the Hanamichi. His medical certificate specifies he injured his left leg, least front joint ligament, and will require a month to recover. He finished with seven wins, so he didn't get his kachikoshi, but hopefully... His record of having seven wins will secure his spot in Jurio. If that ligament hadn't popped it, you could audibly hear the pop. Dude, seven wins in 11 days is actually pretty fucking good. Especially for his Jurio debut. Debut. (laughs) (laughs) And he looked so good at that gold fucking Mawashi. And his little Zanbara, you know, just all slicked back. His hair just... I... I thought he looked sharp. I thought he looked, you know, ready to go. He looked excited and I was... Oh, I was, I was excited for him, and I really hope that he gets a lot of rest, and he heals up well, and it's you know it, it's a, an easy fix, and he can come back in September, good as new, hell yeah, and keep climbing those ranks. And having an Oyakata who has struggled with their fair share of injuries, you know, like Hakuho, I'm certain he's going to get the rest that he requires. Yeah. Moving on. We are going to Ukrainian bad boy Shishi. Everybody loves Shishi. He is fucking everybody's sweetheart. Is so, it bad that I can't hear the name Shishi and not think of Hashish? <laughs> Hashishi. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Day nine versus Chiyomaru. Young Shishi stands strong under a barrage of Supari by Mr. Sumo, but Shishi rallies and manages to toss Chio at the Tawara. That was a really fun bout to watch. Hell yeah. Day 13 versus Tamashoho. Everything was going according to plan for Tamashoho right off the Tachiai as he shifted away from the wrath of Shishi. He went to grab Shishi for a pulldown. Except he wasn't there. He (laughs) lost his balance and fell forward, nearly bowling over the Gyoji in the process. I thought Shishi was going to have to work for that one because Tamashoho's a tough motherfucker. (laughs) But I guess not. Yeah. So Shishi gets his Kachikoshi and secures his spot in Jurio in his debut Sekitori Basho. Congrats, Shishi! Yay! Ha, Shishi! (laughs) And speaking of Tamashoho, Tamashoho was um, previously the attendant for Tamawashi. Mm-hmm. So day nine versus Kagayaki. 
Despite the larger Kagayaki winning the Tachiai, Tamashoho lulled him into a false sense of security and executed his ass with a Nuwata Dashinage finish. Mwah! It was gorgeous. Chef's kiss. Mwah! Chef's kiss. <laughs> Day 11 versus Dayamami. In their first meeting, Tamashoho showed the larger and more experienced Rikishi what he's made of. Tamashoho hits at the Tachiai, shifts, gets a belt grip, and whips Dayamami right around like a record, baby. Right round, right round. And then shoves him out over the Tawara, earning Tamashoho his Kachikoshi. Why did you... Why? You just made me think of fucking meat spin. <laughs> God damn well, it. If you think about it, that's kind of what he did to Dayamami. Anybody younger than us probably won't even get that reference. <laughs> but if you're around our age, you remember meat spin. Uh, old people <laughs> memes. All right, so now we are going to look at the adventures of my son, Atami Fuji. Fuji. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say that I've noticed this transformation that he has. It doesn't seem as if he's as nervous. He used to do that thing where he would just kind of hold himself really tight and make those scrunch up little faces. And he just seemed like he was under a lot of pressure. And sometimes whenever... He seems calmer now. He seems like he's really become comfortable in his uh, position, I guess. I noticed that he didn't get a nosebleed from stress this time. (laughs) Because he was under a lot of pressure. And whenever he was fighting his hardest, he would just get these nosebleeds. Mm -hmm. No nosebleeds. So, yeah. So... I'm going to start at day 13 versus Tomokaze. Tomokaze made a risky gamble with the pull-down technique after Atami Fuji smokes him at the Tachiai. But the forward momentum of the charging young man and his sheer force of will kept him upright and he powered Tomokaze off the dojo. Yay! That was a gorgeous bout. Yeah. So... There's a, you know, we're going to take a little bit of a segue. little detour. A little detour. We're going to go ahead and just go to Dayamami. So day nine versus Chura Naomi. Dayamami was light on his feet as he deftly maneuvered the dohyo. Chura had a vice grip on the front of Dayamami's mawashi, but it didn't save him from getting splattered to the clay in defeat. Dayamami did a front handspring off of Chura's back and somersaulted forward for a spectacular victory earning his kachikoshi. And then on day 14, the very next day, versus my son, Atami Fuji. And mm-hmm. a victory that brought both Rikishi to a tie, Dayamami muscled out Atami Fuji with the Morozashi. This victory set the stage of what's to come. So in the meantime, we're going to talk about day 15, because this Senshuraku was fucking insane. It was just... So much energy. There was a whole lot of excitement. There was a whole lot of speculation. A whole lot of, uh... It was... it was Gnashing of teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so Fire on, and brimstone. So on day 15, there were a couple of playoffs. Three notable playoffs. Actually, I only think there were just three playoffs. So I wanted to take a quick little segue and uh, talk about the Sandame playoff. The reason is because... Whenever I was watching this in real time, watching after Jurio had wrapped up and then seeing these two little Sandanme guys, you know, marching up to the dojo, it just felt like a shift. It felt different. Even, you yeah. know, the announcing style was, a you know, back to what it usually sounds like in Makushta. And the camera angles, you know, had changed back to what they normally do in Makushta. I was like, huh, that's weird. It was like <laughs> slipping into a different dimension. Yeah, it's like a little playoff pocket dimension (laughs) and it really helped to build up this excitement it really made the anticipation just pop just boil over it was i loved it so much great energy the sandanme playoff was between asahakuru and waka ikari asahakuru of takasago beya you know with the likes of ishizaki fukai and the mighty asano yama and Waka Ikari of Isanoumi Beya with Nishikigi and Sazanami and Kabuto Yama, who have been featured in Sumo Primetime Sumo Exercises for Health. <laughs> Both Rikishi went undefeated, and the playoff was going to decide the Sandanme Yusho winner. Asahakuru had the size advantage at almost six feet tall and 317 pounds, while Waka Ikari's wiry frame is five foot nine and 240 pounds. 
Waka Ikari struggled with the weight of Asahakaru pressing down on him. He played a deadly game of weight-shifting chess that left Asahakuru open for Waka's leg to wrap around his, and he was pulled into Waka Ikari's kakenage that put Aqua's early kakenage to shame. Waka Ikari rolled over Asahakuru and thus clinched the Sandan Meiyusho. I really wish I could just describe this in like such greater color commentary kind of detail. It was so fucking awesome. I think I rewatched this bout like eight times. And Sabrina was like, can we put it on Makauchi now? And I, was, <laughs> I just kept well, rewinding it. I thought it was a great bout as well. And it's become really hard to find like recordings, video of these bouts, especially for the lower division. So yeah. if you could find it online, definitely watch it because oh, it is yeah. pretty amazing. It was so badass. So this brings us to the precipice of the Jurio division. Oh. And we were talking about how things were kind of set up in the past to make sure the stage was set for the is to be. <laughs> and this was the showdown between my son, Atami Fuji, and former Makuuchi Rikishi, Dayamami. Who's probably going to end up going back to yeah, Makuuchi. They probably both will. So... After Atami Fuji rolled Aqua's big ass like a butterball turkey down the frozen food aisle, <laughs> in which Aqua had visibly died in the dojo after his resounding defeat, he just lost spirit. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. my life. Oh, I blew it. At this point, Atami Fuji was tied with Dayamami. Both Rikishi are from powerhouse stables. Dayamami had defeated Atami Fuji the day before on day 14. But Atami Fuji had steeled his resolve on the final day. The two titans locked up right after the Tachiai and were deadlocked in the stalemate for a few seconds. Dayamami's attempts to muscle his way out of the deadlock and push Atami Fuji's head, but the younger Rikishi used the opportunity to drive Dayamami out of the ring and seized the Jurio Yusho. And what this means is that my son is returning back to Makuuchi. Yeah! Atami Fuji! <laughs> but seeing that transformation in his demeanor and just the way that his sumo's working, he doesn't seem to have his nerves frazzled and frayed. It seems like he's getting used to this, this secretory life. Yeah, he's been doing real good lately. I'm proud of him. It's Aww, my boy. I'm so happy for him. A fantastic end to the Jurio division. Let's go ahead and get into Makauchi now. And the first thing that I wanted to note about this Basho is, goddamn, there were a lot of loose mawashis, <laughs> weren't there? I mean, we had the ones that happened in the first week, and then this week, I know uh, Nishkigis came loose on day nine. They didn't do anything about it, though. They just kind of let it go. And then, uh, who was the other one that they had to stop the bout to tie him up? I can't remember. But yeah, a lot of fucking loose mawashis. I don't know what it is. Maybe the sweat from the Nagoya humidity just makes uh, well, that makes those mawashi knots more slippery or something. Yeah, I mean, they're silk, you know. Oh, true, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a, you know, and, and it's just so humid. Have you ever worn silk before, though? Yeah. It tends to stick to you. If you get moist, it'll just kind of cling to your skin. So hmm. maybe that's why we didn't see anybody hanging dong with their mawashi falling <laughs> off but we're gonna go ahead and get right into it day nine notable bout between hiradaumi and hoshoryu hoshoryu goes for the throat right off the tachi eye they each tangle their limbs around the other with hoshoryu's right leg hooked under hiradaumi's left leg rotating ever closer to the edge like a couple of Horny slugs engaged in a mating <laughs> dance until Haas finally dumps Hiradomi off the doyo with a kakenage. <laughs> Have you ever actually seen slugs mate before? Yes. It's pretty cute, actually. They have like the little like slime rope that they hang down on and then they just wrap around each other and I don't know, slug stuff happens. Sumo punks. Join us for invertebrate sex. <laughs> 
Going to day 10, we had Kotonowaka versus Hosho Ryu. Unfortunately, Haas wasn't as fortunate. I, <laughs> I just realized I used the word fortunate twice in Ain't these no notes. Fortunate song. Well, he wasn't as fortunate as he was on the previous day. Kotonowaka was able to get a firmer grasp on the belt and drive the Sekiwaki to the Tawara, where he then struggled to peel Hoshoryu off of him until Hoshoryu tipped far enough back to fall out of the ring, still grasping Kotonowaka's belt and almost dragging him out with him. This is around when I started to notice how many people really hate Kotonowaka. <laughs> it's almost like there's no middle ground. There's rarely anyone you're just like, Kotonowaka? They're like, eh whatever people are like oh fuck yeah dude Kota Milwaukee's my boy and other people are like man fuck that guy yeah nobody's ambivalent to Kota Milwaukee. admittedly I was once a part of camp fuck that guy because he kept <laughs> fucking up my fantasy basho shit but now I'm like you know what kids got some moxie yeah still on day 10 we have Oro versus Kirishima formerly <laughs> Kiribayama pretty weak tachi eye from Kirishima honestly but that's Pretty common for someone going against Ura. It looked like Ura already had him shortly after the start and was going to just bowl him out via Oshidashi. But Kurishima was able to resist, which then led to a bit of aggressive yet platonic hand-holding, <laughs> as both Rikishi locked up to briefly contemplate their next move. Ura then gets his head under Kurishima's chest, they dance around the dojo a bit. Kirishima tries for an Uwatanage. That fails. Ura is just too wily for too the newly wily. minted Ozeki. What was he going to do? How would he finally defeat the rubber Rikshi? <laughs> By casually pushing him out. That's it. That's all he did. Ura just had run out of steam, I guess, by that point, and gave no resistance as Kirishima's Oshidashi finally finished him off. You know, you, you burn a lot of fuel in the Matrix. It just kind of <laughs> happens that way. Indeed. <laughs> uh, for the first time in my memory, a different Rikishi mounted the doyo to perform the bow twirling ceremony on day 10. By day 11, the 46-year-old Satono Fuji had officially withdrawn from the tournament after being diagnosed with arrhythmia of the heart. With a diagnosis like this, it's kind of hard to imagine he would be returning, which means he would be ending his sumo career at Jonidan 102. And if it's arrhythmia, um, I, I'm sure that there have been uh, rikishi that have had other types of, you know, diseases like either arrhythmia or, um, not Amanishki, who was it? Uh, Kotoshogiku, I think, was mm. epileptic. So there have been Rikishi that have had health issues like that. I think that's why Kotoshogiku never did a tachiai with his head. It was always uh, shoulder. Yeah, heart issues, though, are, are kind of yeah. a different story, especially with how old Satono Fuji, how old he is now. Yeah. But if, if if it's time for him, then, you know, I that's understandable. But honestly, he was the bow twirler that I know. He was my bow twirler. Yes, it was just such a shock to see someone yeah. else. And I was like, where's Satono Fuji? And then I found out about that. And it yeah. was well, we sad. got his understudy. And, you know, that kid, you know, maybe he's going to grow up to be someone else's bow. Like, you know, they're my bow twirler, kind of, <laughs> you know. I kind of feel bad that I didn't get the other guy's name, but I'm sure we'll find out eventually. Oh, yeah. Moving on to day 11, Hokuto Fuji versus Wakamoto Haru. Wakamoto Haru. <laughs> Hokuto Fuji seemed a bit nervous about this one. He and Wakamoto Haru had an even amount of prior wins against each other. He shared the lead with Nishikigi going into day 11, and Wakamoto Haru was his first Sanyaku guy so far in the tournament. Apparently the anxiety was warranted because he and Wakamoto Haru muscled each other around until Hokuto Fuji was eventually Yori carried out, making Nishikigi the sole frontrunner going into day 12. Speaking of day 12, notable bout from that day was Hakuoho versus Abi. <laughs> Hakuoho, as everybody knows, is the former Ochi, which is 
My... Haku Ho's new uh, teacher's pet, I guess. <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, his new uh, vanity project. I mean, protege. Yeah. That... <laughs> <laughs> to quote the last episode. Yes. Also, my son, my <laughs> other son. You're just collecting sons. I have two sons and they're both very shorter than me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So not one, not two, but three false starts <laughs> on this match. It was the, tactical. The first two were by Hakuoho, and then the last one was by Abi. The actual start to the match was pretty explosive, a frenetic whirlwind of slaps, thrusts, and pull-down attempts, until Hakuoho drove the goblin man off of the doyo, <laughs> but unfortunately landed hard on his already sore shoulder. He just kind of had to take a moment to lay there before regaining his composure you can see him like like grasping at the shoulder and it just looked pretty painful he had that look on his face like oh fuck that's not good he didn't do too bad for the rest of the time oh, no, not at so, all. but we'll, we'll get to that also on day 12 we had hoshoryu versus hokuto fuji Hokuto Fuji's second Sanyaku skirmish of the tournament actually went much better than the previous one. After a flurry of slaps, he was able to push Hoshoryu back enough to cause him to carelessly step over the edge of the Tawara in an attempt to brace himself against Hokuto Fuji's furious attack, giving Hokuto Fuji his first win ever against Hoshoryu after six matches. Hoshoryu looked pretty disappointed in himself as this put him in second place along with Hakuoho. Day 12, we also saw Asano Yama return. He had pulled out earlier in the Basho. If I remember correctly, that was day 8, right? Day 8, torn bicep. Yeah, people are just getting wrecked left and right. He got super wrecked, but you know... I think it was Jared Tadlock that was uh, remarking that he managed to not only guard his injury and, you know, successfully fight using, you know, his other arm. He Mm -hmm. was able to successfully fight while uh, guarding his injury and still fucking kicked ass. So it's like, damn, that is Ozeki Sumo. I don't know. I guess I'm just not as far up Asano Yama's ass as everybody else I'm not a fanboy of Asano Yama by any means, but you gotta give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Going into day 13, we had Hakuoho versus Nishikigi. Apparently the hard landing from the previous day didn't really phase Hakuoho too much. There were several moments where Nishikigi had him against the bales, threatening to push him out, but Hakuoho was able to resist. They lock up for a bit, both with a belt grip, until Hakuoho finally pulls Nishikigi in, wraps his leg around the inside of Nishikigi's right leg, and topples him over backwards for an uchigake inside leg trip. Thus, Nishikigi was bumped down to second along with Hakuoho and Hoshoryu, who later won his bout against Karishima, making Hokuto Fuji the sole leader on day 13. Day 14, Hakuoho versus Hokuto Fuji. As the match started and the two Rikshi locked up, you could hear some dude just screaming Hakuoho's name (laughs) over and over and over again while the Rikshi tried to decide on their next move. Hokuto Fuji tries for a leg pick, but Hakuoho deflects. He then tries to lock up Hakuoho's arms and push him back, but doesn't get very far. Mm -hmm. Hakuoho then gets a grip on Hokuto Fuji's belt, but Hokuto Fuji breaks it, swings him around, and gets him against the Tawara. Hakuoho tries to resist, but can't seem to break away from Hokuto Fuji's determination to drive him over the edge to defeat this young whippersnapper. (laughs) So in a last desperate attempt to turn the tides, Hakuoho plants a hand firmly on Hokuto Fuji's back, twists to the side, and pushes him down behind him. 
As the Yobadashis mourned the waste of salt now spilled all over the place, the judges had a brief monoe, but it was clear that Hakuoho had won by Sukutoshi thrust down, which tied them for the lead. That was Bananar. It was. It was fucking Bananar. <laughs> I just remember just seeing a little clip of that because I woke up and I came into the kitchen to make some coffee. And of course, I'm, you know, dicking around on my phone while I'm waiting for the kettle to get hot. But I saw that. I think it was Sarah Love Sumo posted that on uh, Twitter. But that fucking Tsukiyotoshi, that whole fucking maneuver was just like, woo! It blew my mind. It woke me up more than a coffee that morning. Oh, but then we get to Nishiki versus Ryuden. Also on day 14, Nishiki, who had been a frontrunner until day 14, was somehow dispatched by... Ryudin, of all people, whom I recently noticed looks a little bit like Alan Rickman. (laughs) (laughs) Would it be fair to call him the Hans Gruber of sumo? Yes. (laughs) Seriously, I saw it and then I was like, wait a minute. And I checked to Google and I looked at pictures of them side by side. And yep, it's got a little (laughs) bit of a resemblance to Alan Rickman. (laughs) But he's got a laugh like fucking... Remember that movie about Mozart? What was it called? Amadeus? Mm -hmm. Remember Mozart's crazy laugh? No. Oh my god. I'll take your word for it though. Yeah, after watching (laughs) that Sumodo documentary, Rudin's just kind of (laughs) like... Yeah, it's it's more obnoxious than that. Yeah, it's terrible. I guess we could also call him Sumo Snape. (laughs) It's got the alliteration. Oh my god, yes. Okay, he's Sumo Snape. Sumo Snape. All right, here we go. But no, Sumo Snape makes it sound like he's redeemable. Oh, yeah. No, he's Sumo Hans Gruber. We'll think about it for a little while. Yeah. Then we have Hoshoryu versus Wakamoto Haru. Wakamoto Haru tries to go for a big hinka Tatachi, <laughs> but Hoshoryu just wasn't having none of that shit, and Kotanage his stupid waka face down into the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was glorious. I do love Wakamoto Haru, but that, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a glorious victory for Haas. Going into the last day, day 15, the three Rikishi vying for the Yusho were Hoshoryu, Hokuto Fuji, and Hakuoho. Triple H. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. You don't want to make any, like, wrestling references? Or- what a- Man, Triple H references himself enough. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, all, all these guys are so different. I mean, it's not like you could, like, throw them in. What did that wrestling stable used to be called? The Corporation. Yeah, some, oh, God. some shit like that. Yeah, so we, we can't sully these beautiful three ricochet with the likes of Hunter Hurst Helmsley or whatever his <laughs> fucking name is. Sounds like he runs a country club or some shit. I mean, the WWE. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair point. So earlier on in the day, day 15, we did see some notable bouts that were worth a mention. So we're going to do a little sidebar for them. Gonoyama versus Tamawashi. Gonoyama won the Tachiai. Tama responds with his trusty Notawa. He do that. But it didn't do much to phase Big G. <laughs> Tamawashi tries for a pulling technique, but Gonoyama shifts and just drives him out. Very impressive, especially going against Tamawashi for the first time. He is not easy to beat. And then Midori Fuji versus Hokuseiho. <laughs> this was... This was, I think, I know I I put this as um, an honorable mention, but I have to say this is one of my favorite bouts of the tournament. If Midori Fuji was nervous going against a guy 13 inches taller than him and 150 pounds heavier, he sure as fuck didn't show it. (laughs) Just cool cucumber. He came to give the kids a lesson in physics. Hokuseiho had tried his Frankenstein tricks, reaching over his opponent to grab the back of the Mawashi, but Midori Fuji merely pushes his arms up out of the way, grabs the back of his Mawashi, and positions himself as a perfect 
fulcrum for a shitatanage, flipping Hokuseiho completely the fuck over, his tree trunk legs flying through the air and dumping him on his ass. You know, old Hakuho isn't going to let him live that one down. Nope. Going to make him change up that Frankenstein style. Yeah, that was just, oh man, that was... That was beautiful, mm-hmm. gorgeous. That is like a textbook Shitatenage. Yeah, 10 out of 10 on that one. Another little note for Day 15 I wanted to mention was that Hiradoumi had to pull out... I believe it was because of a leg injury. Left leg injury. They didn't specify exactly what, but... Yeah, but let's go ahead and get into the drama, the sensation of the battle between these three. Hokuto Fuji versus Nishikigi, day 15. By the last day of the tournament, Nishikigi's Yusho dreams had already been dashed. But he could still go out with a bang by destroying someone else's. (laughs) That was the fear on most people's minds as this match started. If Hokuto Fuji won, there would be a playoff between him and either Hoshoryu or Hakuoho. If he lost, then the upcoming match between the other two frontrunners would decide the Yusho winner. Luckily, for those who love drama, Nishikigi had a bit of trouble determining his actual distance from the Tawara, as Hokuto Fuji was pushing him backwards. So when he attempted to brace himself against them, they just weren't there. (laughs) This had him leaning far enough forward that it was no effort at all for Hokuto Fuji to just pull him those extra few inches to the clay for a Hikiotoshi win. I was a little sad. Yeah, but Hokuto Fuji. Yeah, but <laughs> but my, my doppelganger. Oh, okay. But no, I was actually pretty stoked for Hokuto Fuji. It was at this point that I was really rooting for him. Really gunning for the man. Yeah, honestly... I wanted to root for everybody. I couldn't take a side. I just, yeah. it was one of those, it's like, it doesn't really matter who wins. I'm going to be happy for them, but it's all going to be different reasons on why I'm going to be happy for them. So. Like you want to root for the old dude because he's an old dude and he deserves a Yusha win before he retires. And you want to root for the young dude because wouldn't it be awesome for someone who is only in his, what, fourth Third, fourth tournament. Fourth tournament. To, like, win the whole fucking thing. And he's my son. At the top division. And then you wanted to root for Hoshoryu because, I don't know, legacies or whatever. No, because he's going to be Ozeki. (laughs) Yeah, Ozeki too. But speaking of Hoshoryu, he went up against Hakuoho. And I honestly expected this match to last longer than it did. They both got a belt grip off the Tachiai, but Hoshoryu busted out a quick Uwatanage, and it was all over. <laughs> if Hakuoho hadn't instinctually stuck his hand out to catch himself, he may have been able to resist. I bet he's really kicking himself for that one, though. Nah, honestly, that kind of, uh, whenever his hand went out, he, w- he would have rolled anyway. Like, the way as far forward as he was leaning, you know, the... I don't think there was any stopping it. you're probably right. I like to think there was maybe a chance, but you're probably right. But I look at it this way. It's a learning moment for Hakuoho. Oh, yeah. Because he hadn't ever really faced someone like that wily that has a totally, you know. And look at how much older he is. What is he, five years older? And someone who's in the Sanyaku. and And has been there for a while. Yeah, who hasn't been toppled from Sanyaku. So that's... That's a pretty fucking tough opponent, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, this led to the playoff between Hoshoryu and Hokuto Fuji. For some reason, everyone thought Hoshoryu was going to hinka Hokuto Fuji. I'm not sure why <laughs> this oh, was the assumption, but... History. I will tell you really? why. Yeah, because Hokuto Fuji is easily hinkable. He's a billy goat. He's one of those charging forward fucking uh, yes, head yes. first okay. type ricochet. That makes sense. Yeah, he I, gets hinkered a I lot. see. Well, he did actually meet him head on at the Tachiai. Hokuto Fuji tried for a pull down, but Hoshoryu just pushed forward until Hokuto Fuji is driven off the edge. 
This was another very short match. Hoshoryu looked like he was about to cry by the end of it. This was his first Yusho win, and I'm absolutely positive that this guarantees his promotion to Ozeki now. Oh, yeah. It was really sad to see Hokuto Fuji's post-bout interview. Everyone saw that Hoshoryu was about to cry because he was, he was just so yeah. happy. But Hokuto Fuji was just dejected, just disappointed. It was painful it to was watch that depressing. interview. <laughs> I Honestly, I, I couldn't finish the entire thing. I watched like a good couple minutes. I was oh, oh man. It was, yeah. just, it was tough to watch. But Hoshoryu was pretty fucking stoked. Oh, he was when, super stoked. He was like hugging everybody as he was like walking back into the, uh, what do you call that? Their little... Oh, that, oh, it's, there's a, oh God, I can't even remember. It has the word Geiko or Keiko and I, God, I can't their, remember what it's called. Their little room where they all Yeah, it's like their locker yeah. room. But, um, whatever, there's like video out there of Hoshori going and he's trying so hard not to cry and he's trying not to make that cry face. But... He's hugging everybody, which is, you know, the Japanese aren't big on hugging. So that yeah. really says something. Yeah. And then uh, Aqua comes and just gives him like, yeah. you know, a really big hug too. <laughs> it's like, oh. Uh, it was it was nice to see him smile because you never see Hoshoryu smile. Well, you never see most of them smile. but <laughs> Well, you see Hoshoryu smile in interviews and whenever he does yeah. his little TV appearances. But when he's like at... You know, when it, when he's at a tournament, it's game time, and that's whenever yeah. he puts his game face on. And again, I will always maintain the position that Hoshoryu doesn't look like a jerk or some kind of asshole. <laughs> he just can't see. Everyone's like, I don't like his attitude. I don't like Hoshoryu. It's like, I what think attitude? Everybody expects him to be like his uncle. Even his uncle gave him praise for this this Hell win. Yeah, yeah Asa Hoshoryu gave him big ups whenever he's a. Uh, it shows how Shoryu accepting the Emperor's Cup, and then there's Asa Shoryu posing in front of the TV with this fist like, yeah, yeah, my nephew. <laughs> really just making it about himself. But <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of special prizes this Basho as well. Why don't you go ahead and run those down for us? All right. So for the Kanto Show Fighting Spirit Prize, there were six recipients. That is bonkers, dude. So we had Hoshoryu. Hokuto Fuji, Hakuoho, Kotonowaka, Big G himself, Gonoyama, and Makuuchi debutante Shonana Umi. Good job, guys. Six fucking Kanto show. Yeah, that's, that's fighting that spirit. That is impressive. This really was a dramatic ass boss Yeah, it really was. And then uh, for the Gino show, the technique prize, there was Hakuoho. And for the Shukun show, the outstanding performance prize, that had to go to Nishkigi, my yeah. doppelganger. It just had to go. I mean, he was the guy that was in the sole lead for a little while. Yeah. 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 He had his little moment to shine, but, you know, he did get knocked down. He definitely had an outstanding performance, though, I would say. And without a most of the yeah without most of the ozeki for the most part and without a yokozuna it was one of those bashos where it was any rank and filers basho. i love those tournaments where there's no yokozuna because it it's just seems like people have more of a chance you yeah. know but then to have no ozeki at the same time especially when uh karishima was, was just out. promoted <laughs> well and then he pulled out of the first day yeah. so you know it really did give the the lower rank guys the rank and file guys a big boost in their chances to uh go for that yusho win but unfortunately it was won by a sanyaku member so he's <laughs> technically not a well. rank and filer but still that rank and filers did have a fighting chance yeah exactly and speaking Speaking of the new Ozeki, Karishima, I was really hoping to have more to say about him this Basho, but there just really wasn't anything exciting to talk about for the most part. Well, except for him fighting with those fucking bruised ribs. He had rib contusions. That's fucking brutal. Yeah, I guess I gotta cut him a little slack so, since he was injured. Yeah, you know whenever people do a tachi eye, you know, they, you know, you start with your hand, your fists on the floor and you kind of go up and you put your hands in that goblet kind of position mm -hmm. and so you it do that. It squishes your ribs together. Yeah. Well, not just that, but, you know, your opponent's doing the same shit and you're supposed to hit with, you know, the, uh, with your hairline and with both hands and that triforce and so that's like, like right there, like, Hands on tits, fucking, uh, you know, forehead, like, 
or hairline, you know, jutting into the sternum. So that's a lot of pressure on your trunk. And you know those fucking hands were hitting those bruised ribs of Kurishima. Yeah. So I'm sure every single Tachiya he took was fucking agony. But when he came back... He stuck it out the best he could. He's going to be Katoban yep. next Basho, but those contused ribs are going to be much better by then. And he's going to be able to get into the fucking, you know, do his uh, Keikos, the Degekos, and he's going to fucking get built back up again. Karishima you show in September. Woo! <laughs> no, I was about to say, it's like, we're going to finally see Ozeki level sumo from Karishima Whenever we go back to Tokyo for the September Basho. Yes. And then Ozeki level sumo from Hoshoryu. Oh, yeah. Who is very, very, very likely going to be Ozeki by September. I would be way more surprised if they found a reason not to promote him to Ozeki. I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, even the uh, Japanese commentators were saying he's Ozeki. Oh, yeah. He's definitely Ozeki now. For sure. Well, For I sure think, you. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was dumb. <laughs> I think that about does it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You know, we love what we do. If you want to show us the love as well, go ahead and give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening. Like us if you're listening on YouTube. It really helps other people find this podcast because everything's run by algorithms these days. And speaking of YouTube, if you go to our channel, subscribe. Just subscribe yeah. to us. Just do it. And you know what that you could do? Out too. Log into your mom's YouTube and subscribe. <laughs> Log into your like your cousin's YouTube. Make your kids a fucking YouTube and subscribe to us. I mean, don't let them listen to us because we're, we're filthy. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, make YouTube things happen for us. Because you know what would happen if we get a certain amount of subscribers? That means we get to do a lot more live stream kind of crazy shit, you know? So we could unlock all of these new creator tools on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, subscribe. You also know where to find us all over the social medias. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. On Twitter, it's going to be Punk Sumo because... You fucked up the Twitter. I did. Which I heard it's not going to be called Twitter anymore. It's, it's going to be called X. It's going to be called X. It's like, send me an X. Um, okay. <laughs> Whatever you want, Elon. It's... <laughs> Uh, hopefully we will be making a TikTok account soon. We're kind of mm-hmm. looking into that. And then finally, this weekend, we're going to work on trying to get our Discord up and running. Yeah. So watch out for that as well. If you'd like a t-shirt, <laughs> any merch, really, you can find our shops on Redbubble and Public. Just put in Sumo Punks, spelled with an X, you'll be able to find us. And I think that pretty much fucking covers everything, doesn't it? It do. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.